teeth. So if it's a, if a third of his teeth, a third of his mouth is no teeth. Yeah. And then a third of his mouth is 10 <laughs> tiger teeth. And then the last third is like 11 human teeth. So he has 21 teeth at this point, we've yeah. decided. Yeah. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats focused podcast about UJ football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And we are coming to you late but not forgotten. Better late than never, they always say, especially when it comes to this beautiful, terrible deep south rivalry that is the auburn auburn and georgia game you know we're we're here to to kind of help these folks out figure out their uh their identity issues and walk them through what it is to play football and why it is we play football and maybe you know it is about the friends we made along the way but hopefully we can pull something out of, uh, of this game that is positive for everybody um that was a bunch of word vomit i just said how are you feeling about this game nathan <laughs> i just want to remind everybody and we're coming right off the top. We're coming off the top rope hot. Yep. Second word spoken. I just want to, I want everybody to know this. Uh, this gets peddled as a friendly, as a friendly rivalry amongst the sort of like, um, I don't know, uh, amongst the sort of national journalist class, this gets peddled as a friendly rivalry. And I just want to remember, remind everybody that in 2000, what, 12, I think, or 2011, Nick Fairley almost killed Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray yep. thought about quitting football because that sack of shit hit him so late and so dirty. So anyway, fuck Auburn, I guess is what I'm saying. Yep. That's what that's I think I think what you meant by that was all a polite way of saying what I just said. Mm-hmm. Those and, and the thing is like I I look, I do undoubtedly hate Flor- uh Florida the most, but growing up in West Georgia where everybody is like a hundred percent a like a weird crypto auburn fan because west georgia is just closer to auburn than it is to uga then yeah i don't know yeah that's okay i mean we'll I, talk I all about him. our I auburn so hate. much we got a lot of so questions much. in the SKBC portion that talks about how much do we hate florida uh, not florida you know it's just kind of freudian at this point to just insert florida into that 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 sentence there but we had a lot of questions to talk about uh, how much do we hate Auburn and can we quantify it, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll get to that uh, and, and we'll kind of like build you just like a, a short roller coaster ride to the top here until we get there and then we'll let you loose. We'll let the let the dogs out, so to speak, just like the Baja men ordered. So yeah, let's do it. This is an important game. It's a very important game. Uh, maybe not as important as last week's game, but it's a pretty important game just to kind of you know, we're, we're still kind of floundering around and trying to figure out, you know, what are the Georgia offensive woes? And, you know, is the defense good enough to carry this team around? And will we get to the end? And so I think that the the CFP rankings coming out this week kind of helped a little bit to kind of uh, assuage, assuage, I can't say that word ever, our fears a little bit. Being number four is pretty great. Having Alabama behind us for the first time in quite some time is, is pretty great. But we do still have our work cut out for us as a, a football program because, you know, I doubt that if we lose to an Auburn team uh, or any team on the rest of the regular season schedule, we go to the playoffs just even if we do beat LSU. So still a pretty important game. Of course, last week's game was was pretty important. But, you know, looking forward to the rest of the regular season, we we still need to win out and then beat whoever we end up playing in the SEC championship, which is presumably LSU at this point, 
to get to the playoffs. So still a pretty important game is, is all I was trying to say. So yeah, what are we seeing from the world, the media, the people? What are you hearing out there as far as subjective narratives go surrounding this game? Um, well, I mean, obviously one of the subjective, but I guess also objective narratives is that this is a very good matchup between Auburn's defensive line and UGA's offensive line. If you mm-hmm. just want to look at high level, if you want to watch high level football be played, then yes, that is, this is going to be an excellent, excellent matchup. Um, I think another one is just the prowess of Auburn's defense, which I think is maybe a little bit over, uh, overblown personally, but that's just me. I mean, they're no uh, Georgia. <laughs> weirdly enough, they're, <laughs> yeah. they definitely, they definitely are not. Statement. Yeah, these are these are two pretty evenly matched teams. I know Auburn was the the one team that we were most afraid of going into this season, and that changed considerably uh, with with our schedule when we you lost know, to South Carolina, and then we lost to South Carolina, of course. So, you know, it is what it is. But this Auburn team is still a very good team. And looking at the stats, I was pretty surprised to see that these teams look pretty even like across the board offensively and defensively like if you took the names off these teams and any of the negative stigma surrounding the fact that you know know, trucks and auburn and alabama um these teams are pretty similar on paper which is pretty funny down to like the production stats for most of the players but of course what i just said a second ago is that you know georgia's shining light is of course our defense it's still arguably one of if not the best defense in college football if you're not considering you know folks like ohio state which people can argue that they haven't played much many teams but it is what it is but hey i'm gonna read down some of these you ready yeah hit me with all that being said i mean we could say the same things about auburn that most people could say about georgia so this if this was an auburn podcast for instance people would could use these same talking points to discuss how do we beat georgia so uh, minus the fact that Bo Nix is a freshman, but it, it's kind of similar. First question, the uh, headlines that I've seen are, do we pressure Bo Nix all day? Do we break the pocket or do we make him throw without the pressure uh, and rely on him making freshman mistakes? You know, how are we going to handle Bo Nix? I mean, I think that we are not an offense that's by nature going to bring pressure. I think we're going to get the sacks that we get on him are probably going to be coverage sacks. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that we can have, we have, a, we have a chance for some havoc plays because he just hasn't played very well against good teams this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that he he is a very talented player, but is very, very much a freshman who has struggled against good defenses, and I think that we are objectively a good defense. I don't know that we need – I think we need to put pressure on him, but I don't know if we need to hit him a bunch. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to like get around his feet – throw off his like angle of launch, throw off his platform, make him throw like off the, on the fly. Yeah. I think, I think we can probably neutralize Bonix without having to like get like 15 without having to get like, you know, 10 sacks or something stupid. Yeah. I mean, what's really interesting about Bonix is that if you look at his stat line and from stat line, the same thing I said a moment ago, they're pretty similar. The only big difference is that Bonix has thrown twice as many interceptions at this point of the year. He's thrown <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot less completions. Uh, you said that like it was a small difference. The only difference is this <laughs> giant difference in, difference in their stats. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big difference when considering you know what that looks like. But he has thrown uh, less completions for more yards, twice as many interceptions, which kind of leads me to believe this is a pretty explosive team 
win, that's how they tend to score and that's how they need to score sort of thing. And we, we can get into that when we get into the stats. But uh, another thing is Auburn does have a decent stable of young but strong running backs. Uh, they have three running backs that are pretty strong. And then Bo Nix is actually the fourth most rushing uh, player on this team. With that being said, you know, and Bo Nix in the mix, how how do you think, what is this team going to look like when we're, we're trying to stop the run game? Or are we going to let them establish a run game but keep it short you know what do we want to do with that i mean we do not have a very good stuff rate on the year so just based on our own tendencies i would say that we would have very good uh opportunity rate numbers against this team keeping them to less than five yards on their runs but probably just decent stuff you know numbers you can get one or two yards against this defense it's just if you do that three times nothing happens right Mm -hmm. so um i think that we will limit them in the run game enough i you know make no mistake every malls on team ever has always been a power run team this is a team that uses a lot of widespread sets and widespread uh offensive lines um spacing but ultimately they're basically running like the veer like they are literally running the veer at some points and like a bunch of wing t concepts but just with some like spread passing concepts glommed onto them uh you know one of the like very famous things that's often said about mouse on offense is that there's only like nine or ten plays in it so they're going to run the ball and what we have, we don't have to, you know, hold them to two yards per run or whatever. We just have to keep their explosive runs limited, uh, which I think, I think we are capable of doing actually statistically. And so another thing is that, uh, you know, that LSU Auburn game, LSU's past game pretty much destroyed Auburn. Like that's kind of how LSU ended up running away with this game. But is that some of the headlines I saw were talking about how, a lot of people are, are have commented on the fact that Fromm is throwing a lot more. He's making uh, better passes. He's making deeper passes. He is, you know, trying to develop and, and Smart is trying to develop this, this pass game further. Is this what we're building to? Is it building to this Auburn game? You know, is it building to something further down the line? for The 40 chess concept, if you will. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think in any way that this is a that this is a 40 chess thing i think that you know we want to run the ball we are going to run the ball we're going to run inside zone even if it doesn't work and we're going to do it a lot now i think from will probably throw more but that doesn't mean that you know we're going to win this or lose this with our run game i think is basically what it comes down to i don't know i mean i i also just think i well i mean i think now it's a good time to get into our um let, let's get into our stats here yeah yeah let's talk about how these teams are evenly matched do you want to talk about uh do you want to talk about Winsipedia? Winsipedia. So people may know this game as the Deep South's oldest rivalry, is what people like to say. Uh the very first game being played way back in eighteen ninety one is the first game that was established as being the game that both universities acknowledge. Uh right now UGA is on a two win streak. These teams are fifty nine, eight, and fifty six, with Georgia coming out over Auburn. The largest margin of victory for Georgia was a forty one zero shutout. Largest margin of victory for Auburn was a 44-0 shutout in 1900. <laughs> Across the board, though, Georgia still is the more decorated program. With uh, of the 12 statistics that you know, Wikipedia looks down, they hold looks like 10 of them. You know, the only thing that Auburn's come away with is three Heisman winners to Georgia's two. Other than that, they are pretty well ahead as far as all-time record, conference championships, bowl games, wins, bowl records, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Pretty evenly matched as far as the the wins go, but uh, in every other metric, it seems that Georgia comes out on top, which is is pretty exciting to say the least. So, 
that's kind of what we're, we're looking at from these teams currently. You know, this is a very even series. There's some weird trivia about the series. It was first played in Atlanta. First time yeah. this, this series is played, it was played in February. It's also been played other than Athens, Atlanta, and Auburn. It's been played in like Columbus and Savannah and Macon and stuff. Mm-hmm. They used to just do wild stuff with football, man. Just like they just play anywhere there was a field, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I think this is part of the reputation i was saying earlier about how this the series has kind of a reputation as being like a friendly one is because obviously a lot of auburn fans know a lot of uga fans because of the the close proximity of auburn to a lot of big georgia strongholds and the fact that there are quite a few auburn fans in atlanta this is a this is a rivalry where you will see auburn fans throughout the year whereas you might go your entire year as a georgia fan without seeing a florida fan right so um i you know i think that it's hard to, however much you hate Auburn, it's hard to discount the importance of the series, both as a tradition, but also as just like sort of a historic, a piece of history, basically. What are you thinking about? Do you have anything else before I get into like the deep dice, deep dive stats? Oh, no way, man. I'm ready to hear it. Hit me with the numbers. I'm on All a right. numbers drought right now. Well, get ready because <laughs> I, I got a lot of this right now. Wow. Where did all these stats go? You know, I wrote in my dog sports article today, uh, there's uh-huh. your chapel bu- there's your chapel bell curve bingo if you were looking for it. <laughs> but in the article that came out today over on dog sports, I was talking about how one of the interesting things about this game is that from a statistical standpoint on at the surface level, this seems like both of these offenses are going to be sort of, if not overmatched, then very tested by the defenses that they faced. Uh, you, you know, Auburn's defense, I guess, Probably their hallmark is, you know, they make havoc rate. They have a very good defensive line. They're 28th in overall havoc rate. Uh, UJ is fifth in preventing havoc rate. They've been very good at it this year. But Auburn's defense, like, they're just pretty good from top to bottom. 12th in success rate rank, 15th in yards per play, uh, 7th in rush success rate rank, and 24th in pass success rate rank. So just those numbers, you know, worry you because you know that uh, UJ wants to run the ball and Auburn has not been giving up good has not been giving up good rushing numbers, efficiency rise. Explosiveness wise, UJ's or Auburn's defense is pretty interesting because they, you know, they have a very good stuff rate, 22nd in the nation. They have a 39% opportunity rate, which is eighth in the nation. But then their explosive play rate, um, explosive rate rank is 46th in the nation. Their explosive rate rush rank is 60th in the nation. Their explosive rate passive rank is 26th in the nation. So you know, being 60th in the nation in explosive rush rank, but also simultaneously having a seventh in the nation rush SR kind of tells you the story, right? This is this is a team that this is a team that teams have been able to spring some big runs on. And in particular, Florida basically won their game against Auburn on a couple of big runs, but simultaneously has been one that's been really good down in and down out. The problem, of course, is that UJ's offense is not very well equipped to uh to sort of exploit that weakness um, in the run defense because their explosive uh, rush rate rank is only 24th. Their overall explosive rate pass, their explosive rate pass is 114th, right? So Auburn is worse at defending the expo- ex- you know explosive plays than they are uh, defending efficiency, but UGA does not have the offense that is built to take advantage of that, right? So that's, that's kind of a problem. Um, and when UGA has the ball, there's a lot of things in here that you would say concern you, right? Auburn is as good, if not better than UGA at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple of things where UGA has 
you know, a decided advantage. Explosive rate rush is one of them. Um, but how often you can rely on that explosiveness to happen when explosiveness is somewhat random is questionable. One of the other concerning things about this game to me statistically is that um, UGA is sixth in success rate on first down right now, sixth in the nation. Auburn is 32nd. So you would say that that is a a gap. You would say that that's a pretty good gap that we should be able to exploit on first down. But mm-hmm. if you'll recall, we've talked about how our first down numbers have gone way down over the past few weeks, right? Yeah, UGA has a 54% success rate on first down uh, over the whole year. But last week against Missouri, they only had a 35% success rate. Similar numbers in their win and the win against Kentucky and South Carolina. Florida is kind of the one exception to that. So, and you know, in the past four or five weeks. So, what worries me when when UGA has the ball is that Auburn's weaknesses are not necessarily where UGA has strength offensively. So, we're not going to be able to take advantage of the things where they have might have some chinks in the armor. And I don't know that some of our strengths that may where we are rated better than them. I don't know that. I don't know that those ratings reflect the truth of this offense as it is right that you know what Auburn is going to do is what South Carolina did is they're going to play press man coverage on the outside they're going to put a single high safety up and they're going to put nine in the box the problem is that Auburn's nine are significantly better than pretty much anyone else's that we've played this year right the eight or nine they're going to have in the box they're going to have four often or four defensive linemen that are probably going to play in the NFL their linebackers are not quite as good as their defensive line, but they're still decent. And I, my biggest concern in this game is that Auburn has a lot of tape on how to beat UGA. And they have better players than the team that did beat UGA. A fluky win, but still, they have better players. So so I, I don't know. I just, I sometimes am concerned that like, over the past week, I've, I've wildly vacillated what I've thought about this game. And one of the big things I've been concerned about is just that these numbers are like a it's like if you put a bunch of Reese's pieces under a box with a stick holding up one edge of it and then said like no James Coley don't eat these in like a crude cardboard sign that's like how cartoonish of a trap this is for James Coley like yeah exactly like this is the kind of thing where it's like don't do what they're really good at stopping what you want to do don't do what you want to do and he's just like I'm gonna do what I want to do and it's like I love Reese's pieces yeah, it's 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 so I worry about that because yeah. this is a team that is going to eat the inside zone read option like just every time it happens. They're, mm-hmm. they're, we're not going to have a lot of success running inside on these guys because they have a very good defensive line, right? So you have to plan around that. And if we have a good plan for it, that's fine. But you have to win this game, right? You If we had lost to Florida, whatever, whatever can happen on this game. But you must win this game if you want the rest of the season to mean anything. So mm-hmm. that's the concern. Now the 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 good thing about this matchup is that statistically you were saying that like statistically Auburn and UGA's offenses are similar and in the traditional statistic sense that is true. However, UGA's offense is way better than Auburn's offense mm-hmm. according to most advanced stats. One of the things that I talked about in my article today is that the average positive okay, so I track 25 stats, okay, using the SBN analytics stats. And uh, for, there are 25 stats that I think are relevant that have uh, national rankings in them, okay? Among those 25 stats between UGA and Auburn when Georgia has the ball, UGA's offense outranks Auburn's offense 12 times. Auburn's, off- or Auburn's defense 12 times. Auburn's um, defense outranks UGA's offense 12 times, and then there's one tie. 
it is a very, very even matchup, right, in terms of rankings. The average difference when UGA is higher ranked is about 13 ranks per um, statistical category. And the average difference when Auburn is ranked higher is about 22 ranks per statistical category. So when UGA has the ball, Auburn's statistical advantages are actually slightly higher than UGA's, significantly higher. However, the story when you look at Auburn with the ball is much different because of the 25 statistical categories I track, uh, UGA's defense is higher ranked than Auburn's offense in 24 of them. The av- over 24, now the one that they're not ranked higher than is uh, Havoc Rate because Auburn's pretty good at preventing Havoc Rate and UGA is not very good at causing it. But among the 24 statistical categories that UGA's defense outranks Auburn offense, Auburn's offense, the average gap in ranking is about 40 spots nationally. What that tells me is that this is a slight advantage to Auburn when UGA has the ball, like, you know, maybe 60-40. But statistically, the advantage when UGA has the ball is like 70-30, right? This this Auburn offense has just, at a lot of things, not been very good. Now, they've been decent at some things, right? They, you know, they tend to, they tend to be pretty efficient. They, they've run the ball with some amount of success, right? Um... 31st or 35th in rush uh, success rank, 76th in pass success rank. You know, so there's some good numbers in this in this profile, but every time Auburn has a top 10, top five number, UGA has like a top four, a top two, or a number one overall. And and then there are some things in which there's a giant matchup or a giant mismatch. Uh, Auburn is not good at ex- at explosive plays through the air, and their their explosive play rate uh, passing is 114th in the nation. UGA is third in the nation at defending explosive plays in the air. I don't see there being a lot of, I don't know. I don't see there being a lot of like air for Auburn to exploit when they have the ball. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, my takeaway on this game statistically is that it's going to be miserable. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't be a UGA game if it weren't. But I, I, I do kind of think that like, this is a game that Georgia can win because I think that our defense is really going to stifle their offense. This probably will be a first to 24 game. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that the Auburn offense that's profiled in this, in these statistics is capable of doing anything about it. Yeah. Right. And so I, I don't know, man, it just, it does. It doesn't, you know, they, they are a team designed to run the ball and they have a senior running back, but he's coming off of a three-game stint on the injured list, Jartavius Whitlow, and he's definitely not going to be at 100%. That's no. what they want to do. Right? So I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i starting to lean that this is a game that we win. And the whole week, I thought this was a game we lose. But I just I don't know what Auburn's offense is going to be able to do against us. I don't yeah. think we're going to be able to run the ball very well. I think Jake Fromm's going to look bad at times, but is going to make some timely plays. But I just I don't really see Auburn having the gas in the tank offensively. They've got some good offensive players. Kyle Schwartz is a real player. Jortavius Whitlow is a real player. But between injuries and a very inexperienced quarterback, or a quarterback who has shown the propensity to throw the ball away this year, I, I don't know that I see it for them. What do you want to see in this game? Well, things I really want to see in this game, the, the way I see this game going, if it's going well, is that some there's a player on our team that that has had some some on and off days and that's something you could probably say about a lot of players in this team uh but one of them in particular that i think is going to make a huge difference in in this game in particular is jake camarda if jake camarda is on 
this weekend. I don't think that Auburn has the resources in order to successfully manball this game to death the way Georgia can. And I hate saying manball, but it's kind of what this looks like. To me, this this game looks like as long as both of these teams' defenses are playing the way they have been all year, they're probably going to keep each other from making too many explosive plays throughout this game. And so of these two teams, the team that does that better, the team that has more success rate or more just more success in general over time and has better conditioning and a deeper set of running backs, I think is Georgia. Uh, And as long as Jake Camarda is kicking the ball where he needs to put it and leaving it where it needs to go, then I think that Georgia wins this game because the special teams are are, are going out of control. And they're one of the best special teams in the nation. I think they're still ranked second per uh, SP+. So as long as we can do that, I think we'll be okay. Even if we can't score touchdowns all day, this game is a two and a half point spread. And one of these teams has hot rod and the other doesn't. And so if we need to win by three points... I think we can win by three points as long as the defense is still continuing to do its job and Jake Camarda is on. So to answer your question, what I want to see is Jake Camarda needs to be on. I I, I agree. Um, what I want to see, Tyreek Stevenson. I think Tyreek Stevenson is a huge weapon. I think he's big, he's rangy, he's fast. I want to see him and Tyson Campbell out on the field. Mm-hmm. I think DJ Daniel has played well this year, but I think that if those two guys are comfortable and they understand the playbook, that they... They can they can fit out physical people in a way that other that a lot of other uh, guys cannot right on the team. Yeah. even even very very um, very very talented guys like DJ Daniel cannot out body people the way that what's his face can that these these two like whatever uh, freshmen and sophomore can mm-hmm. you know another thing that I, I don't want to see is uh, the fact that Auburn has 12 forced fumbles on the year. So this is a team that's very good at forcing the fumbles. To give you a point of reference, UJ has five on the year. It's just not something we, we do necessarily. We don't waste energy when we don't need to, it seems. But Auburn's very good at forcing the fumble. And so hopefully we can hold on to the ball. I know that traditionally in the past few years, this is a game that DeAndre Swift kind of goes off on when he plays Auburn. He just doesn't like Auburn, I guess, uh, trucks, etc. But if... He is doing his job and he's it's running all over him. the place. It do what? It's hard to blame him. It's hard him. to blame him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame him at all. But if he's doing his job and, and he's running a lot, then he's going to get hit a lot. And so that may end up leading to more forced fumbles uh, in general. So I'm hoping that, you know, on this game, we, we keep interceptions and fumbles to a, a minimum, you know, one at the very most. That's that's doable, I feel. I mean, I, I think turnovers are always important but in a game where you know the margin is going to probably be low it, th- this game is incredibly it's incredibly important to take to just take care of the ball man you just have to one turnover for either one of these teams could pretty much end the game yeah. um and that's you know that's stupid coach speak but when you have a game that you're like mm, this feels like it might be like a five-point game a three-point game it's it's hard to it's hard to overestimate the importance of that mm-hmm but at the end of the day, if I were to pick a team that I would feel comfortable with keeping a turnover, uh, you know, not volatile, not not giving a turnover points at the end of the day, I would pick Georgia most times and not because yeah, I mean, Georgia's, because, you know, yeah, they're doing great. I think they still have the number one. Uh, what was it? It was the red zone um, opportunity yeah. scoring rate. Like they, they'd have the number one, one of the better, defense goes. One of the better opportunity scoring rates in the mm-hmm. in the nation. Yeah. And they, they they defend very well, yeah. 
And on uh, past that, the last thing I, I'd say I want to see is I want to see 10 points scored. I don't care where they go. I hope they go to Georgia. I just want to see 10 points scored before the first half. <laughs> so it's not just like, half. it's not like three, six going into the, yeah, third. wouldn't that be I sad? I just don't want to be bored. <laughs> That's all. I want it to be a fun game. Yeah, agreed. What else do you got? Things you want to see? Um, Anything else? I mean, honestly, one of the things I'm I'm most concerned with in this game is I, you know, Jesus Christ, like how how shocking is that? That I I it's so shocking that I've said this for like the last eight weeks. But one of the things that I'm really concerned with is just, I mean, are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot play calling wise? And look, here's the thing: we're going to run inside, and that's fine, and it's going to be dumb. And I'm okay with that. Totally, totally okay. But I, I just, I cannot for the life of me imagine us trying to just run inside two or three times in the same series. Because run, like run, run, run has not been working for us. We've got, even, even when we do run, we have got to get a little bit more schematically diverse. We've got to get a little bit more creative. Now, I mean, I think there's pretty good evidence that we will. Uh, we just, ha- we just got to do it. And, and so that's, I don't know. It's just something I'm worried about. It's one of those things where I think that we have a lot of the pieces in place with a defense as strong as ours is to win this game. Yeah. And I'm 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 worried that we are going to play our way out of it. You know what I mean? We're going to Yeah. We're we're like going to This is a game that Yeah, Georgia we're going we're to play call our way out of it where it's like yeah. we are going to lose this game because we refuse to ride the hot hand or because we refuse to pass the ball or because we insist on running up the middle or whatever. The fact of the matter is the inside of our uh, offensive line, as good as it is, is banged up. And it's hard to imagine that they're going to have their A game or that they're going to even have just an okay game going against the best defensive line they've seen this year. So I don't know. That's that's my worry. The thing I don't want to see is just like inside zone, inside zone, inside zone. Yeah. This has been a roller coaster of an episode because I've gone from... I came into this episode thinking, you know, I've been nervous all week about this game. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it is truly like this is the most coin toss game I think we've ever covered in the last three years of the show where it yeah. could literally go any way. Um, yeah. And then for a moment, you you kind of breathed some life into me. And now you just took it right back away. <laughs> well, no, so, I mean, I, at the end of the day, as concerned as I am about UGA's offense, I think UGA's defense is going to come to play. I really do. Yeah. They've shown us nothing otherwise. Yeah. So, so do you want to hit me with some over unders? Yeah, let's do it. Um, first over under of the day for me. I tried to keep mine sort of more. I think sometimes we get a little far afield with these weird prop bet over unders. Yeah. So over under one point five Bo Nix passing TDs. I'm going to choose over because if Georgia wins this game, I think that. Auburn needs to be scoring through the air. And I think that Auburn's going to score. They have to score. Um, I think it's going to be a close game regardless. And so if they score maybe two passing TDs, you know, that keeps our uh, our rushing touchdown score streak alive. <laughs> you just want to keep that alive. <laughs> I definitely want to keep it alive. And I think that this will be a game that scores, you know, more than 14 to 17 points by each team. So over. Okay. I'm going to say under because I just think they're going to run the damn ball. And I think they are going to be worried about him turning the ball over as well. Yeah. I think that yeah, the first if, one. Yeah. If oh, we sorry, win this sorry. game, we, we need him to, to be passing mm-hmm. the ball. I think. Yeah. Um, 
my first one's over under UGA 160 and a half yards of rushing. The reason why I picked those two numbers is because it splits Georgia's rush production and Auburn's prevention right down the middle, essentially. So Georgia's rushing at about 215 per game and Auburn's rushing uh, or allowing only 112 yards per game. So 160 and a half. And there was that one fateful game where DeAndre Swift, I think, ran for about like 186 yards against Auburn a couple of years ago. I think that was the, the SEC championship game. And so could be that he came to eat. Could, could I get wish. it all on his own. I would like I would like for him to eat. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to say oh, I'm going to say under. I just I just they're just not I I just don't see it happening. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. I, I I think we're I think we're probably going to win this game actually to be honest, but I also think that I also worry that this is just not going to be a great passing game or a, a great mm-hmm. rushing game for us, honestly. And and yeah. I mean at the end of the day their defensive line is just good. And so you want to, You're going to expect to be held under your normal rush production. I would be. I would love to lose this one. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, our our offensive line is definitely banged up, and I hope they still come out to play. I think they will, but you got to kind of account for that. This is that our our offensive lines maybe at seventy five to eighty percent right now? They're full strength, and so with that, and you know, thinking about that and our historical play calling at this point in the year, it's it's not looking good for what we're going to be doing uh, on the ground, but. I, I do believe this is still a team that has a core of running backs deep enough to get 160 yards, even if it's just by the old dink and dunk, you know, all day, three and a half, four Giving yards. Giving him the old dink play. and dunk. I don't just think that's what it's called when you're running, when you're running, uh, when you're running the ball, but I may be To wrong. me, this is, this is a little dinkin' and dunking to me though. I know that you, that's not traditional. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> tell you traditionally or non-traditionally, you do love the old dink and dunk. I gotta, t- it, it hasn't, <laughs> you taught me it last year, so it hasn't reared its head. It hasn't reared its head recently, but <laughs> it's, it's coming back dunk. with a vengeance right now. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the, 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 the words dink and dunk is like, you're like a dink is like a right hook and a dunk is like a left hook. It's like dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, dunk. And I think of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And that's the sound they make if they were, you know, comic book characters. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I pity dink, whoever dunk, just dunk. got on and had to hear us talking about Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> fucking Robots. <laughs> so, yeah, I say over. I'm, I'm thinking it's could it could be a game that Georgia has about 180 yards rushing. I mean, I, I feel pretty good about our chance if we run for 180 yards in this game. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need that many yards to win this game. Yeah, that might be true. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say over. You convinced me. <laughs> faith, faith. All right. Uh, over under Auburn, 0.5 rushing CDs. Boo. I'm going to say under. <laughs> I'm saying over. I hate this because, narrative. <laughs> I'm saying over because come on, man. You're right. I know. This is a run first team, and it's a team yeah. that has proven they can rush, and they can rush with a lot of different players, but I got to believe. I love a good Cinderella story. I don't think that's really applicable to this but you know hey whatever i mean at this point it kind of is yeah my second over under is two jake Fromm sacks you know this offensive line is dinged up pretty good and so how is that going to affect us uh ben cleveland seems fine uh but who knows what can happen you know Cade mays is probably gonna have to fill in at some point especially if we have any other injuries so what's gonna happen there are we gonna have some jake Fromm sacks uh i'm gonna say i would probably take push i would take over 1.5 under 2.5 but in this instance i'm gonna lean towards under just because i wonder if i think a lot of the damage that their defensive line is going to do is going to be in the run game Hmm. maybe stuffing yeah i'll take a push i'll take two sacks i it doesn't seem right but 
it could happen. I mean, that's some, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team to do something. I mean, if the run game's not working, we're going to have to go to passing. And if we're passing, they're going to start yeah. putting pressure on Jake Fromm and really taking advantage of those those holes in the offensive line. But let me get give me over under three point five UGA yards per carry sack adjusted. I hope it's over. I don't think it's going to be much over. So you but, currently UGA's offense uh, on passing yards per play is their average is five point seven four. It's hard to imagine it's going to be that high, but uh, I don't know. I mean, so what are you thinking over under? I will say because this is the narrative I've been playing the whole game is over. I think it, it might be like a 3.6, yeah. 3.7, but I think that's what we need to win the game still. We need to be hitting that three and yeah. a half. I agree. I'm going to say over as well because I that just makes sense to me. Are you want to do some predictions? Yeah. Also, I'm going to say over picture? because I don't want to be so fucking miserable on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and being under would be make so boring, me if not. goddamn miserable. All right. Um, so what do I think about this game? I think, you know, I think that our advantage over their offense is bigger than their advantage over our offense. I think that we are sort of fundamentally better overall on both sides of the ball, but they do have one or two areas of strength that we really got to worry about in particular wide receiver speed and defensive line. Um, I think this is a game we win close by like, I think we, I could see us covering 2.5. I would see more like a four point win, five point win. I think we're going to kick a lot of field goals. So give me a second. Let me add this up. I'm going to say this feels like 26 to 20 to me. 26 to 20. Yeah. That's, that is a, that is a score you can only arrive at with a shit ton of field goals. That's three field goals. No, like four field goals. Yep. Yeah. That's no, four no, well, field no, goals. You can do that with if you go touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, three field goals, and then another touchdown. Touchdown, three field goals. Is sixteen? No, that that would that'd be twenty-two, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-three, twenty. You need another field goal. God, four field, field goals. Four field, that's a lot of field goals. <laughs> mm, let me let me let me do something. It's like the scene in Clue where Tim Curry is going. I say twenty-four. <laughs> one plus one is two. One plus, plus, plus two one plus one plus two. one. <laughs> yeah, twenty-four twenty. Okay, twenty-four twenty. Okay. I think you're right. I don't. I don't think four field goals is quite right. But that was a weird week last week we had right against Missouri with all yeah. them field goals. It's hard to think that I think Auburn gets two two touchdowns in this game at least. At least two. Three seems like it's within reach. Definitely. I don't know anything about Auburn's kicker, to be completely honest. Um, he's okay. So I can't, he's like, yeah, like if I haven't heard anything, it's probably because he's okay. Uh, the only reason I've heard about Alabama's kickers is because they're pretty bad. Um, the only reason anybody's heard anything about Hot Rod is because he's exceptional. So uh, he'll probably get the job done. And I think that this this Georgia defense will still keep this team fairly honest in the red zone. So they're going to have to kick some field goals. I think uh, like a 21... 24 24 17 georgia okay feeling feeling similar on the on what we're getting yeah not too crazy not too different okay i'm with that um but i gotta i feel georgia georgia can make this happen yeah okay all right so you want to do our favorite segment of the year or fa- well i, I guess yeah of favorite the segment year. Of the episode. yeah of every year so yeah. yes the ask cbc 
question and answer round, the old lightning round. If you want to hear your questions answered on the show, all you got to do is hashtag AskCBC, send it to us over Gmail or Twitter or Facebook, any of those things. Just make sure that we get it and we will ask your questions on the show. So the very first question comes from Dirty Dan. What are y'all's zodiac signs? Nothing says facts like planets and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I have my natal chart up here from CoStar Astrology. So my son. Those are all qu- words I know, but I don't yeah. know what you're saying. I'm just going to give anyone who's into the deep dive astrology. I'm going to give them the whole run. My son is in Aquarius. My uh, Aries ascendant. Moon is in Libra. Mercury is Aquarius as well. Double Aquarius. Venus is Pisces. Uh, Mars is Sagittarius. My oh man, my Venus is in Pisces, which means my romantic side is sentimental, dreamy, and gentle. That checks out. Um, <laughs> Jupiter is in Aries. Saturn is Sagittarius. Uranus is Sagittarius, and Capricorn or Neptune is Capricorn, and Pluto is Scorpio. So I'm like a triple Sagittarius. Dang, I still don't know what that means. I've heard it many times. People saying like I'm a double moon boy. Or like yeah, no, triple, that's totally it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> triple Saturn fella. I don't know what it means. It could be anything. I'm a Libra. That's all I know. That's the extent of my moon abilities. But I think that's pretty fair. Um, or indecisive is our thing. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, indecisive. Or very my balanced mo- is a better way to say it. My moon is in Libra, and your moon is like how you see yourself, your emotions. Look, I know that this probably runs counter to what people think about me because like, yes, astrology is bullshit, but I think astrology is reflective of, I think astrology reflects like important archetypes about the way that we see ourselves. And if you think about astrology and I think tarot reading is in the same, uh, is in the same thing for me is if you think about astrology more as like an exercise in Jungian self psychology, I think it's way more interesting. It doesn't really matter to me like what my tarot reading says for my future, but as an exercise in like uh, meditation and self-reflection, I think that astrology is just as legitimate as say a personality test, which many, many, many psychologists have debunked, right? But we still take them because I think we'd like to think about who we are. So yeah, sure. I don't think astrology determines who you are as a person, but I think thinking about who you are as a person is a really powerful thing. My moon's in Gemini. Oh yeah? (laughs) Yeah, I just found that out. My son's in Libra too. All right, let's do it. All right, I don't know what any of that means. I'll look at it later. Foot AST. Do the announcers feel worse this year? In parentheses, which is a low bar already. Specifically, the cager injury drove me nuts. Our best wide receiver lands awkwardly in his shoulder, and I immediately yell, oh, fuck, he re-injured his shoulder before he stood up. The next one, he goes on to say that the the announcers were like saying that it could be his, his hand or his wrist. I mean, yeah, they just went on and on and on. I'm very happy to say that I have not yet heard a game announced this year. Even mm-hmm. the games I didn't go to, I had it muted. So I don't know. I will say the Missouri Georgia game was probably the most boring commentary I've heard all year. And it could very well be because that was a pretty boring game to watch. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. Because they were talking about a game of golf, basically. It sucked. Basically. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Exactly. Next question is Jared Campbell. Outside of the obvious, what is the next level key to a dog's victory? I mean, I think the number one thing is, is schematic and strategic, um, you know, creativity. And then also just really, really just hammering the ball, like running to the ball on defense are the two things. Yeah. We got to see something different on offense, yeah. Banshee Radio, can you tell us statistically how many Americans like trucks and therefore believe Auburn sucks? So we did a little bit of research on this. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. 
I learned that 270 pickup trucks are sold every hour in the U.S., which comes out to 6,500 6, per day. There are 281 million cars registered in the U.S. 20, 21% of those are trucks, which comes out to 59 million trucks are registered in the U.S. currently. That doesn't count all the trucks that are sitting in everybody's backyards. So, you know, I'll add what there's two, there's almost 300 million people in the U S now. And if 59 million of them are registered, I'd give, you know, maybe another 10 million trucks easily in everybody's backyards. Uh, maybe another 15 million if you count all the ones in Alabama too. But so that being said, more than 24% of America likes driving in their truck and therefore believes that Auburn sucks. I, God, what a, what a beautiful answer. More than a quarter of the U.S. thinks that Auburn sucks. There it is. Yep. Uh, question for you, Nathan. Why were the Redcoats at the Apollo? Okay, so ooh, um, so we are, for the past few years, we've been partnering with a U- former UGA, I think Lamar Dodd fellow, an art professor here, uh, who is known for making art films where he like decontextualizes sporting events and so like you know like a boxing match with the boxers taken out of it or one boxer or like a basketball game with no basketball players um and so he's been filming the redcoats for i think three years we've had like a camera crew going to it going to home games but now i think so this was this thing called um redcoat band live at the apollo and it was a performance art installation by this group called performa which is this installation performance art group. And the whole idea was that like they took 50 red coats to the Apollo and they put them in a bunch of different rooms. They had them get together in one room and play a bunch of pregame. And then they had them go to a bunch of different rooms and play along with the other 400 red coats who were in Athens and were playing a simulated game where we played exactly what we had played at the Missouri game while someone watched the Missouri game on the, on a monitor and queued us up. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was crazy and very very surreal, which I think was the point. But apparently it was all about like people getting to experience like how quick it is when you play music at a football game and like the sort of methods that people use and stuff. Okay. But I mean, yeah. It was really cool and it was a good a fun thing to be a part of, but it was also just really hard. Yeah, I'm sure. It's we yeah, it's something you never done before, so of course it's going to be weird and hard. Yeah. Uh no, I don't think Austin Vaughn, anyone oh, has ever done that before, just for the record. Yeah. Austin Vaughn, if a war tiger takes flight from the plains, but no one is there to see it, how many yellow teeth does it have? This is another question we did a little bit of research on. Yeah, so tigers have 30 teeth. Eagles have no teeth. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're war assuming eagle. that the, a war a war eagle plainsman has half no teeth and then half tiger teeth. Is it like split down the middle? Uh, I think so. Let me see. How so many teeth like, do humans have? 32. Yeah, yeah. People have 30, 32 teeth. So if, it's a, if a third of his teeth, a third of his mouth is no teeth. Yeah. And then a third of his mouth is 10 <laughs> tiger teeth. And then the last third is like 11 human teeth. So he has 21 teeth at this point, we've yeah. decided. But so on we're top just gonna, of that. But on top of that, yeah, what was the fact you found that is relevant Alabama to this? Alabama has... Per the uh, whatever association is in charge of, of dental records and dental health, probably a bunch of dentists on a board, they have the 48th best and or worst, however you look at it, half full, half empty, uh, teeth health score in the nation per states. 48th best or worst. 
So do without as you will. I imagine they might all be yellowed, but there might also be less teeth is all I'm trying to get at. I'm saying of those 21 teeth with the 48th worst score in in dental health, this is they, like 18 of them are yellow. And the three that aren't Probably. are black. Yeah, bottom 4% of teeth. So if they only got 4% of their best teeth, 4% of their teeth are good. Only 4%? Only 4% of their teeth are good out of the 11 teeth you gave them at the end of this. No, this we, gave question, them, so. we gave them 21 teeth. It's just 11 okay, of them are human teeth. teeth. <laughs> the other <laughs> the other 10 are tiger teeth you know if this if uh, this were their actual mascot i'd actually fear them a lot more so if only oh, yeah. if only if only four percent of their teeth are good and they have 21 teeth then they have 8.4 <laughs> no that's 40 percent. way less than that they have 0.84 good teeth dang they have just they have like just a little bit under one good tooth just for a moment like imagine in the pregame show you know, whatever blue and orange idiot comes out on the field with this just absolutely hideous creature on their arm and goes, fly, you beautiful boy, and lets them fly over the, you know, the field and through the uprights. And this like horrible 21 tooth creature goes flying over the stadium and everyone goes, hooray for Auburn football. Just the fear that would be set into my bones so deeply. And I don't know. Also, like that thing would only have one wing. <laughs> yep, that's probably probably right. All right, we we, we spent too much time talking about this awful creature. Zach Callett, Kalet, sorry, buddy. Do you prefer the Georgia Auburn or the Georgia Florida clip from Squidbillies? Oh, Georgia Florida. I'm actually not familiar with the Georgia Florida clip. You want to clue me in? Yeah, this is Herschel's time. I've oh. dubbed the Herschel <laughs> Kyle, Herschel Walker Kyler Jr. the original Gator hater. Oh, no, Herschel Walker, Kyler, the dogs is hell, Jr., the original Gator hater. <laughs> but I thought you said uh, I was the original Gator hater, Daddy. Now, now, son. We had us good memories, good times. But it's Herschel's Dog time tiger. now. <laughs> Stay here and breath seed the, the sissy farm. But, Daddy, my milk ain't came in yet. All right, go on, go on. Okay, dog to tiger. What is the probability of Fromm staying next year? And then Swift? Also. <laughs> Uh, I think Fromm is probably like, what, 50-50 at this point, but Swift's almost certainly gone. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of older quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and a lot of teams are probably looking for quarterbacks, but he is going up against some pretty uh, yeah, stiff I, competition. Yeah, I just think his draft grade is such that there's a pretty good chance he comes back. I would be mm-hmm. shocked if De- if DeAndre Swift came back. I do not believe Swift will come back. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Todd Perry, how many picks does Bo throw? Ooh, two, maybe? That's my new podcast name. Both rows. I think I think I think two sounds good to me. Yeah, one or two. I think that's definitely possible, especially if the the run game does not start for Auburn and we're able to successfully stop him. Get him to throw. Ben Shepard. This is kind of homework and being real adults who aren't perpetual students who can blow it off. Uh, you can blow it off, but is there statistical evidence to show that a truly elite top three D and middling offense can't win a national championship now? LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson look unprecedented, but are they by the numbers? Okay, I don't want to be pedantic, Ben, but I'm pretty sure you're in doctoral school for like seminary or something. But isn't it just asking us to prove a counterfactual? No, there's no statistical evidence to prove that anything is not true. That's true. That's not how it works. But I, but to to not bad faith that question and take it in the spirit was intended, um, I would say no. There's probably not because. 
you know, it's not like that Alabama always was winning. I mean, Alabama, I, I guess like post Tua, I don't know, right? In the in the sort of last three year Tua era, Kirby Smart era, it has been that. But that was not always something that was required, even in the college football playoff era, right? I mean, you know, Ohio State had a couple of really, really good offenses, but a lot of times teams with the best offenses have gotten kind of blitzed, right? I don't think, I think you probably need more than a middling O, but I think with an elite D and just an, you know, above average offense, you can win. Um, yeah. I, I think that our, the, the quality of quarterbacks in the SEC right now has kind of warped what we think. I think next year is really going to tell the tale of whether or not it's true. So I can't really answer it, but I still think it's kind of possible. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is like, this is how we felt about the Oklahoma team a few years ago. Like we've seen a shift in football the last few seasons where it is the, the team that wins the team that scores more points against the other team rather than who can keep the other point team from scoring more points. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. kind of asinine to say, but the the shift has kind of been yeah. from man no, ball true. to that's how true. many points can I score today? And that's what we saw in the Rose bowl yeah. when Georgia was able to beat that Oklahoma team. It's like, we have not seen a team, for instance, like Ohio State yet, where their statistics, like across the board, they are the most balanced team I think that we've seen yet. And well, that's excellent. the only team I'm scared of. <laughs> that's not the only team I'm Dude. scared of, but it is a team I'm scared of for sure. Yeah, that is a team I'm definitely scared of for sure. Kyle Rollins. I think it's possible UGA coaches are investing too much into wide receivers blocking and not enough into developing primary wide receiver technique that allows them to make completions. All we hear about is can he block? Yet we see too many drop passes and lack of separation. I don't know how much that has to do with our emphasis in coaching and how much it has to do with just talent. George Pickens and Lawrence mm-hmm. Cager are getting separation, right? So yeah, I don't know. I I, I would I would say it's probably not an issue. Mm-hmm. All right, Chapel Whale Bowl distribution. Does Jake Fromm flipping the ball before he throws it have more to do with the intermediate axis theorem or the? Uh, Coriolis Coriolis effect or the offsetting for the Coriolis effect my bad oh my next article on there okay well no it has to be intermediate access because the intermediate access theorem first it was originally improved when it was uh it was originally sort of like applied to a tennis racket right so the intermediate access theorem is is legitimately focused on objects the size of a football and it has to do with how if you have three uh axes of rotation that in non-standardized like uh rigid bodies no they don't have to be non-standard but just rigid bodies if you have three axes of rotation three principal uh, movements of inertia that one of uh let's see two of them will be non-unstable and one of them will be stable um so like if you take a tennis racket it's really hard uh it's really easy if you hold a tennis racket by the handle with the face like flat to the ground and you throw it in the air that it performs so that it rotates all the way around the horizontal and axis, like around the handle, it's pretty hard to do, right? The face also completes a rotation as you flip it. It's hard to like flat flip something like that, right? But if you take it and then you rotate it around the handle axis, like twist it, it's really easy to do. Right, and this is something that got proven by I, do, I can't pronounce this guy's name. There was a cosmonaut who figured out that one in in zero gravity that one of the um, sort of real life applications of this effect is that if you like twirl something in space, it will rotate around one axis and then flip 
on the other axis from side to side every few rotations. And if you just look up like astronaut or cosmonaut tennis racket effect, you'll see what I'm talking about here. Um, like if you if you hold something like a screwdriver and rotate it like with a twist of your wrist, like as though you're opening a doorknob, it will rotate around that axis. But every three or four rotation, well, no, it's more than that. But in every few rotations, it'll also flip end to end and rotate around that axis as well. But I think it has to be the tennis racket theorem or the intermediate axis theorem because the Coriolis effect theorem, if I'm not correct, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it, you know, the biggest impact of the Coriolis effect is over like giant systems. So the Coriolis effect has a lot to do with like, you know, the tracks of mid-latitude cyclones or the twisting of thunderstorm, um, you know, thunderstorm fronts or whatever, right? It, it's like the subtle twist of gravity across the Earth's surface. So it has to be the rotational effect because obviously the ball is not that big. Although you, I say that though, but the intermediate axis theory only applies in classical rigid bodies. And I don't know that a football is a rigid body by that definition. Hmm. I'm going to lead intermediate axis theorem. If you're offsetting for Coriolis, you'd have to be throwing the ball like a literal mile. I told you I was ready to answer that question. I got my weather you textbook were, yeah. back out. <laughs> uh, while you were answering that, I just saw that uh, this morning, Minnesota renewed PJ Flex contract and gave him like a $34 million extension, which there goes my PJ Flex dreams. We can't have PJ Flex, I guess. Anyway, floppy 454. Fuck Mary Kill, the average Auburn fan, average Florida fan, and the average Tennessee fan. All right, before we do this, we got to we got to do this right. <laughs> so, uh-huh. we're going to assume average for whatever your own personal preference gender-wise is. Uh-huh. And we're not going to make any comments that are sexist. Not that you would, but I'm just saying in general as a, as a for those of you answering at home, yeah, yeah we're we're going to be cool about this. We we're not going to explain our our answers. But I I got to really think about this. In that order for me, oh, that is really hard now that I'm starting to think about it. No. I got it. My family plays a new game that we've started actually called Keep, Keep, Kill, where you don't have to fuck or marry or kill any of them except for one. You kill one of them, but the other two, you just keep around I have, <laughs> in whatever I think capacity I have, you want. I think I have, I have the right answer here. Okay. Go ahead. Kill Auburn, fuck Florida, marry Tennessee. Now, let me explain what Mary, I mean. Mary Tennessee. Okay, go ahead. That so, was where I was too, but I want to know what you mean. So, I first off, I am neither marrying nor fucking a youth pastor. And that's what the average <laughs> that's what the average Auburn fan is. So that's that's right yeah, out that's off the fair. top. I don't want anybody like new revised version me, versioning me mid-sex. So, no sir. Second, average Florida fan combustible. Like like just a like a good hit of Molly. That's what the average Florida fan is. So you figure you can probably get like a good one night stand about that, right? But let's think about mm. the average Tennessee fan. Now I'm not I'm never gonna see too many nice things about the average Tennessee fan, but I do respect hillbilly engineering, shockingly good but not good for you food. Uh most of them have some real like backwoods ass, like getting shit together and building stuff energy, which I'm super into. And then like that weird like Appalachian skinny dipping sexuality, I could deal with that over a long term relationship. Our ex dog, one of my closest friends, who is actually in UJ's pharmacy school, with me is an Auburn fan. If you had to pick one thing to hold over a close misguided friend, what would it be? <laughs> Nick Fairley is a sack of shit and fuck Trooper Taylor. No, that's not holding it over. Um, 
Fuck you. No better way to do just really, you know, deactivate a situation than with a good pretend I didn't say that. Let's see. I mean, I would probably just like see. The problem is a lot of the worst things about Auburn are also like connected to the best to like their championships, like Cam Newton or whatever. So it's it's difficult. I mean, honestly, just like the the whole like, I I hope you enjoyed that one, UGA the the Auburn miracle season, like used all of your luck. You know what I mean? You are now beset by bad luck. The chaos has come back around. The bent of the universe has turned itself back, and Gus Malzahn's rabbit's foot doesn't seem to be working very well right now. Uh, that would be what I would focus on. Also. You know, Auburn fans are, like, real volatile. Like, they're real, like, Southern Baptist Convention volatile. So you can just hit him with the, like, well, Gus Malzahn don't care about the Auburn family. He's going to leave for Arkansas. You know he is. He don't care. He's not all in. He's not part of the AU family. You you know good and well he is. What do you think he ties at church? And, I mean, and every Auburn fan is going to respond to that. Well, I bet he ties 10% just like he should. It's like, no, I bet he ties 7%. And then he's like, no, how dare you say that? It was like, well, he's going to leave for Arkansas. All right. We're headed to our very last segment of the show, the Dr. James Bearfield Troll Corner. It's the one uh, presented by Cheerwine. It's the wine that gives you diabetes, TM, TM, TM. Yeah. So we did not have the Dr. James Bearfield Troll Corner presented by Cheerwine, the wine that gives you diabetes, TM, TM, TM last week. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. What's up? We're going to give. Uh, so he actually sent in questions from himself and then questions from his wife. Uh, because she has her own set of questions now. But in true um, Dr. James Bearfield Troll Corner presented by Cheerwine, the wine that gives you diabetes, TM, 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 I'm actually only going to read his wife's questions from last week because that's what's something that James would do. Okay. So here they are. Anyway, can she get her own spot on the show if she gets Chick-fil-A to sponsor it? No. Um, I won't go into that debacle. She can get her own spot on the show, but she has to get somebody else to sponsor it. Yeah. She also wants to give a shout out to Cade Mays for stepping in at center and that he shouldn't be mad at himself for one bad snap. That's true. That's Agreed. true. Cade Mays is a good boy. He could have gone. He's a very good boy. He went to Knoxville Catholic and instead, he, and instead of going to UT, he went to UGA. And I'll always love him for that. And you know what? I'm going to go back to the Chick-fil-A question because I think that Mrs. Bearfield's Troll Corner should be sponsored by Popeye's. Yeah. With the damn spicy chicken sandwich. Here's why. Here's that's why. I Here's why I think happen. that's true. One, the politics of it are better. Two, uh-huh. Popeye's is the most James Bearfield restaurant on earth because it is a hundred percent random chaos anytime you order. And she yep. married into that. Like she mm-hmm. chose to marry into it. Knowingly. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the actual Dr. James Bearfield Troll Corner presented by Cheerwine, the wine that gives you diabetes, TM, TM, TM questions. Since we want to play man ball but aren't doing a great job, do we need more man or more ball? <laughs> <laughs> more ball. Ball is life. <laughs> Number two, how far did the ratings slip last episode when there was no troll corner? I didn't read these beforehand. Just uh, like into the garbage. Just garbage dump. Like 50 listens, 50 downloads. That's it. Top. Yep. Yep. Easily. Equate each SEC team to a marching band instrument. Oh, man. Okay, so LSU is the sousaphone. Is it not the trombone? I think LSU should be the trombone. Uh, yeah, but like suck that tiger dick, bitch, is like big sousaphone <laughs> energy. Uh, 
I think that Tennessee is the trombone because like it's just wild. Like like trombones are not just like they're not like ironic shitheads. They're just shitheads. You know what I mean? Like at this point, I could just cuss, right? Because like we're so deep into this that like the people who are listening to this at this point, you're like, they want to be here. This is this is yeah. welcome to Chapel Bell Curve. You after chose dark. this. Yeah, you're an hour in. What are you doing? Um, no, you just listen to the weird stuff about Edward and Jacob. Yeah, so you're here yeah. for the trombone so, bullshit. Yeah, so I think the trombone is Tennessee because like trombones are like socially maladjusted. They're not trying to prove a point. They're just shitheads. Which hey. I fucking respect that, right? Like <laughs> trombones are the kind of people that will end capitalism eventually, not because they mean to, but because they just can, right? Like they'll burn it all down and we'll enter into this post-capitalist utopia, but they were just pissed off that we didn't get to play Old Town Road, right? Like, <laughs> um, let's see. Who do you have? Do you have any any others that make sense? I was writing them down real quick so we don't forget them. Um I only have 11 so far. Oh, I always forget Mississippi. There we go. All right. Um, hmm. Kentucky is the bass clarinet because they're more they're better <laughs> at other things. I think it was marching band instruments, but yeah, we can count the hey, bass my, clarinet because we need, my, we need my more band marched, My band marched uh, bass clarinet. Really? Yep. I think that... No, we did. Maybe we had a bass clarinet. I'm trying to remember. There's one guy that always played bass clarinet, but I feel like he ended up playing sousaphone for marching band anyway auburn uh trumpets yeah yeah i don't know i don't know do you I, give me give me one give me one i'm thinking i was trying to think of uh so mississippi i every single time we do these i always forget about mississippi and so i think that Ole Miss and mississippi state have to be flutes and piccolos <laughs> or clarinets <laughs> no, no 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 i like i like i like mississippi as i like mississippi as flutes because they're uh-huh. a little old-fashioned uh, and mm. our Mississippi State is flutes, and then Ole Miss as picks because picks are like drum and fife bu- bugle core, like old school bullshit. I like Vanderbilt yeah. as clarinets. Uh-huh. I felt really bad. A, a red coat checked me out at Publix the other day. Like she scanned my items, not like she like eyeballed me. Um, uh, she was my cashier at Publix, and I was like, are you a pick? And she's like, no, I'm a clarinet. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> damn it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's the worst. That's like, that's like a, the biggest band faux pas. But I think band Vanderbilt is the clarinets because it's like, they're very nice. They're very smart, but you're also just kind of like, well, Hey, what's up? I guess when we have the wooden the corral, that, that'll be your moment. Yeah. I was going to say when, when you have a dance break built into the show, it's the clarinets that do the dance break. Right. Um, Mizzou is, the bass drums. No, no, no. Texas A&M is the bass drums. Because Texas A&M, A, their bass drums, they have like a marching band bass drum line, but then they have a second thing called big drums where it's all the same size drum. And you and you swing these like two inch thick bass drum mallets that look like freaking just chunks of wood. And they just hit quarter quarter notes. And that's a very mm. bass drum thing to do is just to, to love to hit quarter notes. Can Alabama be, is Alabama tenors or snare? Snare. Alabama yeah. snare, yeah. It's like okay, we get it. Yeah, we get it's it. Just one we drum. We get it. It's cool. <laughs> you're cool, but like your head is so far up your own ass, you're giving yourself a colonoscopy. I think Florida's tenors <laughs> and Alabama's snares. Okay, because like tenors are like trying to be flashy, and they always like like oh, it's night, but I'm wearing like glasses or whatever. USC is the baritones, just fucking bizarre 
chaotic energy at all times but not chaos in the like we're gonna burn everything down or the like fuck you sousaphone trombone chaos but like true chaotic like chaotic neutral like absurdity it's like it's like dadaism i'm gonna say mizzou Ooh. are the mellophones uh-huh. because mellophones are sweet but really weird and that's kind of what mizzou is they're nice arkansas arkansas is symbols because <laughs> because sorry. a lot because a lot of bands are cutting them and the SEC is thinking about cutting <laughs> <Yes>. Arkansas. <laughs> you got it. Auburn and Georgia is what we have left. Uh how appropriate. So I'm going to say Auburn is front ensemble because it's like yeah, they're really technically good at what they do, but at the end of the day they're just super lazy. We kind of backed ourselves into a corner with Georgia. No, you know what? Georgia, tenor sax. Ooh. Tenor sax. Oh, hell yeah. Tenor sax. Here's why. Here's why. Like, there's a whole quotient of the Georgia fan base, fan base who are like kind of the redneck version of up their ass jazz uh, people, which there's tenor saxes that, that are like that. But then there's another portion of the UJ fan base that is just like weird and quirky. And that is that is tenor sax to the max. Like mm-hmm. no one pays attention to us if we pay and we play a weird part. So we've developed all these weird tribal systems and things that we say that don't make any sense. Uh that's that's incredibly tenor sax. And that's our show. And this is this is the question that gets me kicked out of Redcoats. <laughs> They're just gonna play replay that clip about you yelling about symbols like over and over no, again. No, I think all bands should at have your symbols. exit interview. I think all bands should have symbols. I'm just saying, like, you know, uh Spirit of Atlanta recently cut their symbol line. See us out, Nathan. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. If you like what you heard today, there's three things that we'd love if you did. First, if you could give us a rating and a review on the the old Apple podcast in particular, we would really appreciate it. Second, tell your friends. So I'm going to go to four. Tell them. I'm going to go to four because I added a new one. Third, uh, if you could, please, if you could, if you could be so so sweet and you really want to support us. Get on our Patreon, pay us a little bit of money each month, and you can get on our Discord, and it'll be super fun. Um, for a dollar. Yeah, for a dollar. And, and you can dollar. hear what we do live and hear all the dumb bullshit we have to ca- uh, cut out because Nathan's an idiot, mostly. Also stats. You get your stats. Yeah, and you get all my stats. Those are not me being an idiot. Four, if you really love us and you want to rep us, hit us with those merch sales. Get on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Look up Chapel Bell Curve. It'll look good. It's so, in the show notes, too. It's in the show notes. Yep. So we will catch you this weekend in the least lovely village on the plains. I'm serious. There's no Walmart. You have to go to Opelika. And I've thrown up. Really? In, yep. And also, Auburn, We will. Let, let me just pause before I finish this outro. I've thrown up in the bathroom of the Auburn Olive Garden like five times. Don't ask why. It's a very long story. But I do know from personal experience. Yeah. That place smells really weird. And somehow me throwing up in that bathroom, my vomit was not the weirdest part, smelling part of that bathroom. Now, it was not the fettuccine Alfredo. Um, but anyway, we'll catch, we'll catch you in the least lovely, weirdest smelling village on the plains. But until then, go dogs. Go dogs. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. I like riding in my truck. He likes trucks. I don't want to... I don't care for Auburn. He doesn't care for Auburn. Holes.